Hi, I'm Jason Schwimmer, and this is a podcast about my journey to meet seven male strangers who all have one thing in common with me. We all played the voice of DW, the little sister character on the popular kids' show, Arthur. TV loud and clear. But the sound is turned all the way down. Exactly! I can hear it even with the sound off! Let's cancel the operation and have pancakes! That's me, in an episode called Operation DW. An episode where Arthur's family discovers that DW needs to get an ear operation. And DW sees that hospitals aren't so scary after all. The episode aired in May 2006. Last week, I spoke to Peter Hirsch, who was a staff writer on Arthur, who then took over as head writer. I also spoke with Oliver Granger, the second person to play the voice of DW. If this is your first episode, because there are a whole bunch of new people here, welcome! I hope you'll go back to listen to the other episodes that came before this one. That way, you'll have a better understanding of why I'm on this mission to track down the other voice actors who played Arthur's little sister. I think that uh, DW is compelling. Uh, Not to be hyperbolic, but I think there's something transcendent about the DW character, even if you're not an Arthur fan. um, This is why the memes work. This is why clips of her uh, kind of having a sassy moment out of context really connect with people, is that no matter who's playing DW, um, there's something about that character that love it or hate it, and there, there, DW does have her haters out there. Um, there's something about DW that really stands out amongst children's shows characters and kind of connects no matter what age or kind of demographic you are. That's Lucas Mancini, one of the co-hosts of Elwood City Limits, the weekly podcast where he and his co-host, Will Young, review every episode of Arthur. They started their show in 2016. I found their show when I was starting Finding DW and wanted to see if there were other Arthur podcasts out there. In my mind, theirs is the unofficial official Arthur podcast, so it meant the world to me when they posted about Finding DW on their Instagram. And when I saw that, I reached out to thank them, and of course to see if they would be interested in talking to me. Were you embarrassed at all that you were going to put all of these, this energy into Arthur? Because you don't have that thing that I have where at least I, like, I was on the show. And for you guys to sort of put all your eggs into that basket, I think is really cool. I also don't know if I would have been brave enough to do that. Embarrassment was never something that came into the equation, which is weird for me to say because like I have anxiety. I'm, I'm embarrassed about everything <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so... I don't remember if I even got that many questions about, like, why Arthur? Like, why are you doing this? Because like Lucas said, it's now very popular, or it was becoming more popular at the time as well, to just pick a show and do that. Will's right. There are lots of podcasts about TV shows, including one called The Office Deep Dive, hosted by Kevin from The Office, Brian Baumgartner. I wrote into their show, and here's what happened. My name is Jason, and I'm a podcaster, too. It would be awesome if you could shout me out. Well, there you go. If I said your name right, oh, Schweimer, Schweimer, that's it. Actually, he did He did give his own pronunciation. Uh, Jason Schweimer, good luck to you, my friend. Pretty cool, right? Anyway, back to Will. You know, five, year, five years into it, there's so many people out there who who are so unafraid of the things that they like they claim 
they, t- they take such a wonderful pride in the things that they do appreciate that through being closer to that community, it gave me the what's what you may consider bravery. But for me, it just allowed me to be like, yeah, who cares? Here's Lucas again. I think that Arthur is also a secret ingredient. And especially when I talk to people my age about the show and I say, yeah, I do this show about Arthur. Usually their response is, oh, I love Arthur. Or, oh, I remember watching Arthur. And they'll recount these episodes with, like, really good memory of this show they watched when, you know, they would have been in grade one, grade two, grade three. And um, I think that's a testament to there's something about the show. And I think that's something that comes through on your show as well is that it, it, it's really connected with people, especially with people when they're young and they're having these, like, formative memories. Um, and it's it's continued to stand the test of time in that way. One of the reasons they think their show is successful has to do with the differences between the two of them. If our podcast was just two people agreeing about episodes of Arthur, no one would listen to it. And one of the reasons that when we've been able to do our podcast so long is that me and Will are actually quite different. Um, and we've had quite different childhoods. And we've had um, the, our biggest similarity is where we live. Our, our job background and the fact that we both enjoy Arthur. And while I've been trying to look for similarities between myself and the other guys who played DW, I've decided that in this episode, I'm going to try and focus more on our differences because... Getting to hear, you know, what's the same about you and these other voices of DW, but what's different? What's different about them? Um, you know, how can you be such a two different people, but still kind of portray the same character. One of the biggest differences between myself and the next voice of DW I wanted to talk to is that he's an actual working actor. While I am not, I decided that the best way to connect with him would be as officially as possible by going through his agent. But how would I find his agency? Simple. I signed up for a 30-day trial of IMDb Pro. That's like regular IMDb, but you can see everyone's agent and manager. Then I wrote down his agent's number and gave them a call. Hi, I'm calling about your client's availability to do a podcast about how he was the voice of DW on Arthur. They passed on the message and guess what? Robert Naylor, the fourth person to play DW on Arthur, agreed to come on the show. And before we get into that, here's a word from our sponsors. Finding DW is independently produced by me, Jason Schwimmer. If you want to support the show, the best way you can do that is by checking out my Patreon. Supporters like you help me spend more time doing what I love, creating this podcast for you to enjoy. Plus, when you support this podcast, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus podcast episodes that feature full-length interviews with each person who appears on my show. Head to patreon.com forward slash finding DW. That's F-I-N-D-I-N-G-D-W. No punctuation. There's also a link in the episode notes. Thank you very much. And now, back to the show. This is what he sounded like as the voice of DW. Nothing tastes as sweet as revenge. And here's what he sounds like now. Hi, this is Robert Naylor, and I was the fourth actor to play the voice of DW on Arthur. I played the voice of DW from 2007 until 2012, from seasons 11 to 15. 
I feel like I've been waiting 10 years, however long it's been since I stopped doing EW to actually talk to someone about it who was not just trying to get me to do the voice. I'm happy that you reached out. I think it's really cool that you're taking your personal experience and trying and, and just, just talking about it, you know, and, and talking to other people who have lived almost the exact same experience. I don't know. I, I don't get that enough as an actor, finding people that I can be like, hey, like we have a very similar path and we've lived a same, similar experience. Let's talk about it. So, um, yeah. So fun fact actually is, um, is you were the guy that took over from me for your audition. Did my voice get played to you or, or were you aware of that? I do believe that they referenced you um, when I was doing the audition. The only thing that was interesting for me is I already had a role on Arthur before playing DW. Really? Very, very, like, and I, I don't even know if they credited me. I was James. I played this little rabbit with glasses. Uh, actually, they credited me with that one. Sorry, Robert. Anyway. Um, who was actually a friend of DW. And yeah. I played him for one season before. And then it's because of that that they had me come in to test for DW. Um, so I actually think that I auditioned on the same day that I was already recording an episode. Um, and one thing I do remember is that they told me that my voice was the most different from the person before me, but that they didn't really mind all that much. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, the guy before you was such garbage that we want something completely <laughs> different. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, they said, awesome. yeah, the voice doesn't totally match, but you know, we think we're going to go for it anyways. I'm realizing now that we for sure acted opposite each other. We did. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. As I've said before in this podcast, I did most of my recording by myself, meaning without another actor in the room. Sometimes, if they had recorded the voice of the character I was in the scene with, they would play that for me to act against. So, it's such a fun coincidence that Robert and I probably acted in scenes together. Actually... Hello! How do you do? I am... uh... Nora! But you can call me N. Is today show and tell? Oh no, I forgot. I gotta call my mom. That's a clip from an episode of Arthur called Kiss and Tell. Like Robert said, he wasn't credited, so I can't say for sure, but I think that's him as James and me as DW. Pretty cool, right? Anyway, you all know the story of how I got into voice acting, but I wanted to know how Robert got into all this. He told me about how he started when he was five years old in places like at summer camp, and eventually he asked his mom to help him find an agent. And the rest? Well... And it kind of just all happened by accident. I, at least I feel it happened by accident. You know, like, like we went to meet someone, then the agent took me, and then I got a part, and then I got a second part, and then all of a sudden I was, I was doing it. And I haven't really looked back. Which is a pretty big difference between he and I, because... When I stopped playing DW, that was kind of the end of my acting career. But Robert just kept going. I can't even imagine what it's been like for him, living his life as a professional actor all this time. So he started acting when he was pretty young, but how did people react when you got the role of DW? Uh, okay, yeah. So I mean, that was, that's a whole other thing is, and I think that's probably what I had the most interest in talking about today. And what I yeah. thought would be the most interesting to talk to another person who played DW was the impact that it had on a personal sense and just the attention that it brought. At least for me, it became such a large part of my life, but also the life of everyone I knew because I immediately became the guy on Arthur. 
Yeah. <laughs> and like everything I did, everywhere I went, people wanted me to do the voice. People wanted me to do this. People wanted me to do that. Um, and that was, that was honestly pretty challenging. Um, it, it had its, obviously, you know, you get this newfound attention from all of your peers, but it, it, it ends up becoming where you, you just become the actor that people know. And like the first thing people ask you is, oh, you do this, do the voice, do the voice, do this. Oh, hi, nice to meet you. You're the guy who does DW, right? Yeah. Before even asking your name, before asking like, what's up, how you doing? Um, yeah, that, that's honestly something that I thought was really very interesting, both positive and negative. I guess Robert didn't get the memo about me trying to compare our different experiences. So I told him, you're literally describing like my experience as exactly <laughs> what happened. And um, something that I thought would come up more in my conversations with people, but honestly, no. You mean with the other with the other actors who played the? Yeah, like I, the other guys have all had different experiences, but your your what you just described is my experience. Mm. Um, and yeah, I remember feeling. I remember like when I think back on that time, I I it's I remember thinking about how much fun it was to to actually do it, but everything surrounding it feels like a blur. Like I do not remember that time. I just remember feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of it. I think luckily, I mean, for you, you, it must have come so out of the blue, given that your mom found it on a casting call. Like, yeah. I at least, I at least, like, I was already kind of an actor and, like, I was doing things, but this really, like, really pushed it over the edge. Um, and, yeah, like, it, it, it was, it was really difficult, honestly. Like, and yes, I would agree that it was kind of a blur. I just remember that time as being DW. Like that's yeah. it. Like I yeah. can't, like I don't like I remember oh, I went to day camp. I remember doing the voice at day camp. Like oh I went to school. I remember doing the voice at school. Yeah. I remember doing the voice for my teachers. I remember doing the voice for my aunt. I remember Christmas doing like every part of my life no matter where I was or who I was with, DW was in there with me every time. Yeah. That hits pretty close to home. I've never thought about it in those exact terms, but it did feel like DW overshadowed me as a person at that time. That feels like a reason why I might feel disconnected from my friends, family, or peers sometimes. Maybe I just got used to people not knowing the real me, but instead, just knowing me as the guy who played the voice of DW. Did um did you have a set line that you would do when people asked you to do the voice? A hundred percent. After a while, <laughs> like, you had to kind of come up with something. And I would do some Mary Moo Cow line. I can't like it was something about like I'm gonna watch Mary Moo Cow, and everyone would go like, Oh yeah, I know Mary Moo Cow. <laughs> <laughs> mine was uh mine was how come Arthur gets to do everything and I don't. <laughs> To the point where my close friends would be like, would make fun of me. Oh not, yeah, same. Not in the, not in a bullying way. Just like, how come you always say that line specifically? <laughs> like, no one understood that it's like, you know, when it's these basically these young adults coming up to you and you're this like prepubescent <laughs> voice actor, and they're like hulking over you and they're like do the voice do the, do the voice, voice. <laughs> you need to have something ready to go because a oh, tried man. and tested line that you know is going to work exactly 100%, 100%. like you give them what they want so they'll leave you alone yeah yeah so honestly i have to admit that at the time i could not have perceived it as anything but positive and it was only as time went on that i felt not objectified i don't know if that's the right word but it's a it's a close relationship to it being objectified where yeah. you know you're just like a commodity that people can marvel at. Yes, exactly. 
we started talking about how people always share Arthur content with us on social media. When you see the DW memes on the internet, yeah. it's to me, it's just a little surreal. Like I remember seeing LeBron James sharing like an Arthur meme with DW and I was like, that's, that was me for a while. I know. It's such a weird experience. For me, what it, what it makes me think of is people don't know who I am, but they know who DW is to that degree. And what makes me, what it made me realize is, and what honestly it made me feel like was, oh, I can talk to these people because that's my in. And so if I want to be in show business, that's my, that's my, that's my opener. And then from there, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm a person that can back up to be as interesting as that to back that up to be but that's like, kind of like your 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 claim to legitimacy in their eyes that's yeah. where it's a it's it's a complicated game of how much do i use this but then at the same time i don't want it to be everything that defines me you know whether or not it's arrogant to admit i sincerely think that because dw is such a famous part i can use the fact that i was the voice of dw to talk to other famous or important people. But what Robert said about how that line of thinking is a complicated game because we both don't want the fact that we were DW to define us. That's partially why I haven't done a project like Finding DW up until now. For example, I really do think that Chance the Rapper would be into doing this podcast because he released a remix of the Arthur theme song back in 2014. That's how I know he's a fan, and that the show means something to him. But I don't want having played DW to be the only reason why he would be interested in talking to me. I want to define who I am to myself, on my own terms. It's not only that I want people to recognize me as being talented or special for having done something other than having been DW. The more I work on this podcast, the more I realize that I want to recognize that I'm talented and special by being myself. Right now, that means doing this podcast, but who will I be when this is all over? I think that by working through my thoughts, memories, and feelings, I'm getting closer to finding out. A side note, hopefully having mentioned here that I want to interview Chance the Rapper manifests that to actually happen. Come on, wouldn't it be the coolest thing ever if I got to talk to him for finding DW? One of the things I've started to accept is that, on some level, having played DW stunted my emotional growth. You've heard it in this episode. I think on some level, being the kid who played the voice of DW was an identity that was projected onto me by others, which somehow prevented me from deciding for myself who I really am. See, I think that when you're in high school, you're supposed to be like learning and finding okay. who you are and yeah. stuff. And I felt like I was like, well, no, I think I kind of had this identity given to me and and I wasn't doing that. And I was worried about not being able to be like a normal person. So when DW ended, I was sort of like, OK, I think I'm ready to sort of step away from this for a bit and maybe pick this up later. Um, does that sound like. Does that make any sense to you? Because I know you it makes kept sense. Working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me. I just think that I was like I very quickly I was like full of work. Like I like I started acting young, and then like it, it really didn't take very long for things to pick up. Um, 
and things just kind of like fell one after another after another and then you know right after DW I had this big film in Quebec which then I ended up going to LA and winning an award there and I was nominated for a Canadian Screen Award yeah, yeah. and that kind of like propelled like the next five six years of my life of just like well you're not going to give this up um, right. because, you know right um but I I definitely like I understand the sentiment that you're sharing um I think for me the hardest years of my life was probably like 17 to 19 when I was seeing everyone around me you know decide okay I'm going to go into this program at university I'm going to do this I'm going to study this I'm going to do this and I was like okay well I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because that's all I know how to do um and I'll ask questions later and <laughs> yeah the the questioning you know had to happen and I think that when you put a kid into a situation like we were both in it's for sure going to cause something to happen positive and negative um and then you know we kind of have to deal with the aftermath of that later um yeah. but yeah but it's difficult it was a difficult transition i think I, I, any young actor will tell you i think that it's difficult to transition from being a kid to an adult and there's a few years in between where you don't really fit into anything you know like you can't play the 15 year olds anymore but you're too young to play a 23 year old so you're just kind of in the middle and you're at a point in your life where you're looking for something to latch on to all your friends are doing these things they're moving abroad they're doing so it was tough I like you know I, I did question myself like do I want to keep doing this is this like was it really just given to me as a child and I didn't really question it and now I'm here um I mean finally I, I did end up sticking with it um but but yeah for sure I, I totally understand the feeling that you had and especially if you went from let's say zero to 100 you know, from being like, I don't, I, I'm not an actor to I'm on Arthur to, okay, like time to go back to what I was before. Um, I could totally understand that. Like, I think what Robert said isn't only applicable to being an actor. It is difficult to transition from being a kid to an adult. I mean, I thought as I grew up, I'd have this aha moment where everything clicked into place and I knew exactly what I was doing with my life. But it didn't. All the questions, the anxiety, the thought of, is this what I should be doing with my life? Or is there something else I should be doing? Or maybe something I should have done? That's all still there. And I hope I'm not the only one feeling that way. The more of the actors who played DW I talk to, the more I feel like we all feel that way. But I bet that feeling is pretty universal, even if you didn't play the voice of DW. Even though Robert is a professional actor, which I would have thought was such a fun, breezy life. No matter what you do in life, it's hard. And like, it, it's just subjective based on the, the situation you're in. And that's something I found very tough is I've had people that, you know, are, are close to me or people that I thought cared about me say things to me that really took me aback of just things in the nature of like, oh, like things must never go wrong for you. Like you have a great life. Like things must always be rosy. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, was in like the most difficult period of my life. I was depressed. I hated like, and just to hear these people be like, oh, you're an actor. So that, you know, things must be great because if I was an actor, I'd imagine my life would be so much better than it is. And I was just like, how could you dehumanize me to such a degree where you think that I live in this, this castle all the time? I don't know. I, I found that very difficult. And when I asked him about what he wants to do with his career, about whether he wants to try to be a rich and famous person, or if he's happy as the kind of actor who works consistently but maybe won't ever become a household name. There's definitely moments where my ego tells me like, oh, go, go be famous. Go, you know, go do stuff that people want to talk about. Um, but generally, it's just 
it's not healthy to live your life like that. Like I said before, this feedback loop of, okay, I do something, people tell me I'm great, do the next thing, people keep telling me I'm great. Um, I, I don't know, I have a lot of confidence in myself. And by that, I mean, the only person I'm really on a day-to-day basis looking to impress is myself, you know? Uh-huh. And I, um, I know that, you know, I'm working, doing something that a lot of other people probably would want to do. And I know I'm very fortunate because, you know, the cards fell my way when I was young and I managed to have a mom who was supportive and this and that. Um, yeah, this, this question I find really interesting. Like I could, I could really think about it and talk about it for a long time. Uh, just, yeah, I think it's a day-to-day thing. And I think every person probably feels the same way. You know, there's some people who do a job and they're probably super happy. And then one day of the week, they might tell themselves like, you know what, fuck, like I, I could really, I could do more. I could do something different. And then, yeah, it's just, I think, and I think as an actor, because of how easily you have this ability to get feedback and people tell you you're great, it's very easy to constantly want to tap into that. But I don't, I don't believe it's, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. When I asked him those questions, I keep asking, did I peak when I was the voice of DW? Are my biggest opportunities behind me? But also like, what the, what the hell did I do to achieve those opportunities? Like I was 11. Like, exactly. if I'm going to tell myself, like, I peaked when I was 11. Okay. But like, well, I didn't do anything. Like, give at least give me a chance to be an adult and try and do something. And then afterwards, I'll decide if I peaked or not. Because like, I didn't actually do anything as a kid. Like, I just kind of followed what, you know, and it, it just, yes. it all just happened. It just happened. Let's say you you had this dream job when you were a kid, not not just in acting, but, you know, in anything. And then you achieve that, you know what next like what do you do then like what happens after you peak do you have any advice for me (laughs) um i'll try and give you some (laughs) um it's 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 tough i mean also like we're in different situations right i think that for me i've kind of um i've i've kind of kept going in the same the same way um so I've, I've asked these questions a lot of myself and I've had other roles and I've had, you know, people talk to me about other things and especially in French, like uh, I've worked a lot more in French lately. So there's a lot of that, but I don't know. All I can really say is that the only person that really matters is yourself. And at the end of the day, just being happy every day is hard. Just straight up being happy and having something that every day motivates you to get out of bed make a coffee, cook breakfast. That's difficult. And there's so many people in the world that would that crave just that simplicity. And I think for me, it's been incredibly calming and um, soothing to just focus on that. I found that part really helpful. The idea that confidence in myself and who I am as a person can come from within. That I can be self-assured in myself my decisions, and what I do with my life without seeking the approval of those around me. Like Robert, I want the chance to try to do what I want to do with my life, and then when I'm older, I'll decide if I peaked when I was the voice of DW. It's just always dangerous to allow other people's judgment of you to be what you value yourself on. And if you genuinely think that what you're doing is what you should be doing, and if you think that you've progressed, and if you think that you're in the right place, then that's that's as cheesy as it sounds, that's all that matters. And that's funny too, as I've gotten older, I've realized that certain cheesy things 
make a lot of sense. And, yeah. and you know, as simple as it sounds, it's, it, it is what it is. Returning to Will and Lucas of the Elwood City Limits podcast, I think I'm going to succeed in the in what I set out to do, which is to tell this story and to interview those other guys who played DW. But beyond that, I'm having a difficult time figuring out what the point is beyond that. Um, do I want this to be this, uh, you know, us, I, I've said on the podcast that I want it to be a springboard, you know, in a way to sort of prove myself uh, as a creator while I've worked in production. Um, that's not what I want to do. I want to be the person who writes the movie and then I want to be the person who directs the movie. Like I want it, you know, like you talking about ego death, but doing this show has made me realize I have an enormous ego. <laughs> Even though I'm like, I, I think of, I think people think of me as a nice person, but I do like acknowledge that that's what I want to do is not a small dream at all. And, um, and yeah, I'm just sort of trying to come to terms with what, Okay, so I finished this podcast, and is the point of this podcast that this podcast makes me some money? Because if so, like, I don't think that's going to happen. I also didn't set out to do that. One of the benefits of you kind of going on this journey where you are building the ship as you're sailing it, um, in that uh, it, the, the podcast is so personal, and it's so much kind of, you're finding DW, and a part of it is your DW. Um, and so, and this, this isn't like something you probably are already aware of this, but I think part of the thing that makes this project interesting is that you're kind of uncovering the answers to those questions as you're going along. And I think that's, that's something that you're not going to truly know the answer till until you've talked to every voice at DW. And I, I think that's kind of one of the interesting, um, aspects to your show is it's not only about, okay, what is it that, um, makes what is it that all these people that have portrayed this character have in common um it's also kind of uh, a journey of self-reflection um and you looking not only outward at all the other voices of dw but also inward um and kind of recounting what you found and i don't think you've you found it all yet right and i think that's part of 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 this podcast journey um so that's not the that's not the most kind of uh, uh, here's the answer to your question. That's not the the but I I think that's what you're getting at. I I will also add that I think this having an endeavor like this is always a good way to kind of continuously check in with yourself about what you want. Always take the time to center yourself and ask yourself, what do I want out of this? And am I enjoying this? It's so it's so simple and uh, you know a little hippy dippy, but it really is true that like you're only you're only doing this once, so why spend it doing anything other than something that makes you happy or something that gets you closer to being happy? So I would just encourage you to keep asking those questions because I think sometimes it can be easy to not it it's really easy to not ask yourself those questions and just keep going forward and don't think about it and but then a lot of times you know what the right answer is in your head even if you don't want to ask it to yourself so i would encourage you be just be honest with yourself and how you feel and that goes for the podcast and i would say that goes for life too even though i'm still fairly young and <laughs> you and i are pretty close in age so i don't want to I don't want to use my one year over you, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would, I would just, I would just say, always try to check in with yourself.
After speaking with Will and Lucas, I think I have a better understanding about the situation I'm in with this podcast. I got an answer to the question of, did I peak as the voice of DW? And not an answer I was expecting. By completing this journey I started to find the other DWs, in a way, I'm also looking for myself, since I'm also DW. And that might not seem like that much of a leap forward, but I find that lesson really comforting. I'm going to keep going with this journey, but I'm also going to make sure that while I proceed, that I'm being purposeful. This journey is supposed to be fun, not laboring. I don't need to question whether I'm doing this right, because just completing this journey makes it right. As Lucas said, I'll probably only really understand what I'm doing here fully once I've talked to the other guys, and like Will said, I've got to keep checking in with myself that moving along with this journey is what I want, and that it's making me happy. So Will, Lucas, thanks for talking with me. I know I said earlier that I wanted to focus on the differences between Robert and I, but it turns out that our experiences as DW were almost identical. Plus, it was so fun to discover that he had played the voice of one of DW's friends while I was DW, and that we had acted opposite each other. Robert's perspective taught me that my confidence should come from within, that I should look inward and focus on making myself proud. When I focus on that thought, I find myself standing a little taller. I'm not saying that I'll be able to change the way I think overnight. I think it'll be a while before I stop worrying about pleasing others entirely. But having spoken to Robert set me on another sort of mission. Now, I'm not only trying to find the other people who played DW, I'm also trying to make myself proud and to find myself. So thank you, Robert. If you count me, now you've heard from four DWs which officially makes us halfway through the mission with this podcast. I'm not sure what the rest of this journey has in store. I hope I'll be able to find those other guys, but in the meantime, I'll be sure to talk to lots of interesting folks and have as much fun as I can along the way. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. This episode was made in part from contributions through Patreon from listeners like you. Thank you Cassie Falling, Blendy, Quinton Reviews, Sam Brodaddy, and Alex. Next time on Finding DW. My name is Jake Beal and I was the fifth person to play DW. I played the role from season 16 to season 17, from 2012 to 2013, in the DW voice. No, no. <laughs> can you still do the voice? No, that's why I was like, <laughs> that's why I was like, this is going to be a problem. Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, no. <laughs>